Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. There you go. Yep, we're here to have a good time, Red Sea. Come on now, that's your cue. Let Lamar Jackson hear you right now. And pay no attention, by the way, to whole Tampa, Buffalo, the Bucks and Bills. We are the original Thursday night football here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Wolf, we're calling this the uh, Let the Rook Cook edition. <laughs> oh, I like that, Paul. <laughs> Think of how many times we can use that this year, right? We started with Clayton Toon in the preseason. That's where it really began. It was pretty good right there. And then Paris Johnson Jr. Oh, just your starting right tackle from day one, number six pick overall. Doing a very nice job this but year, I would say. RB1 right now is an undrafted guy, Amari DiMarcato. Michael Wilson, oh, playmaker, right? We had him a couple of weeks ago. Up and down, Keytrell Clark has started. Dante Stills has started. And now coming off his debut and making Cardinals history. How about it? Third-round rookie, everyone, Garrett Williams. Thank you. This is a good time to ask how you're feeling, but it's really fitting considering you just played your first NFL game. How did you feel Monday morning? I mean, how sore were you after your first real full speed, full contact, real football action in almost a year, right? Yeah, um, really sore. You know, um, I, it was expected, though. So when I woke up, uh, everything hurt. Uh, but it was, it was kind of good, though, because I kind of missed being sore in a way, you know. So uh, it, it was cool, but definitely had to get in the training room early, early Monday. Garrett, talk a little bit about the week leading up to it. Take us back to that right there. What was that like? When did you know for sure you were going to play? When did you know how much you were going to play? When did you know? Um, I knew pretty early in the week that um, I was going to be playing a lot. Uh, so for me, then just the regular preparation started. It wasn't really much of a thought about, oh my God, it's my first NFL game. It was I got a football game and I need to play good, you know. So uh, my preparation time just went back to regular, you know. I feel like I did a good job even when I wasn't playing of always staying prepared and kind of know what's going on uh, week by week. So nothing really changed when I got put into, put into play, you know. So um, a good start, you know. Very can smart. I can I intrude and ask who told you and where did he tell you? I mean, I mean the coach. You know, the coaches they kind of just tell you like, hey, like. So was it Nick Rollis who told you, or was nah, it JG? Yeah. JG yeah, told so you. They tell you like, you know, hey, get ready to play a nickel this week, um, and then you just go out throughout practice. And obviously, <laughs> he was like, you got to practice good. Um, so you know, I did my part in practice, um, and then yeah, just playing the game on Sunday. Had to be a special moment though. Still. Yeah. When not, you knew you were gonna play. Yeah, I mean, that's why they brought me here. That's know? right, man. Yeah. So, um, I. The whole time, even when I wasn't playing, was just kind of thought of when my when my numbers called, uh, be ready to go and just you know try to just 
help you know help the team win, help team win games. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I did last week didn't help us win the game. So honestly, it's really just not you know it's not enough. So just gotta do more. You did a lot, though, buddy. <laughs> no <laughs> did doubt. a lot. No doubt. Garrett Williams, again, our guest here. We are live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. How much advice did you get from the vets? Did, did you seek it out? Did they come find you? How did that work? Yeah, they, they come find me. You know, they just kept telling me just to play my game. So, you know, I, you know I've been practicing with them for about two, three weeks uh, before the game. So they kind of got to see a little bit what I could do. So they just kept telling me just to be myself and just uh, do what I do best and just not overthink it in that end of the day football's football um which is very true all right so earlier today buddha baker met the media here's what he had to say about the rookie garrett williams great young rookie a guy who wants to understand each and every the ins and outs of the nickel position but also you know all dbs and he's a guy we can you know put anywhere on the field you know that's definitely special being a rookie and kind of understanding football he's very smart um, he asks questions if he doesn't really know. He's a student of the game. So Garrett is going to be a special player for the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Some pretty good words from, from Buda Baker. I mean, and, and, you know, we've talked to Buda on this very show. You know, how long does it take a player to know a player? You know Wolf, right? Yeah. Wolf played no 10 players, years in no. the league, right? If they brought a fullback in on training camp, Wolf, how long would it take you to figure out <laughs> that this guy can play or he can't? Uh, maybe a little bit longer than it would a Mike linebacker. I'd know immediately, Paul, <laughs> with a Mike linebacker. Gotcha. How much nickel had you played before this past Sunday? Um, the, in a game. How much nickel? In a game? In a game. Had you played? None. Zero? Yeah, no. <laughs> Zero. Wow. I mean, boy, what what kind of adjustment <laughs> was that for you to go out in that scheme and line up inside and play? What kind of adjustment was that? Yeah, I think it's just it just goes back to really emphasizing the importance of practice and really like going into each practice, finding ways to so get better. Because um, obviously, when you're learning a new position, kind of on the fly, coming off injury, then the expectation to not only come in but uh, play to the, that standard. Uh, you know, you got to take those reps seriously, and you got to learn from your mistakes. So I'd be lying to say that. Those weeks of practice, I didn't make a billion mistakes, but the coaches and the t- and my teammates were real patient with me. Yeah. Um, and they still are because, you know, I'm making mistakes daily in practice just trying to keep building from it. Um, but they, they're they helping me out a lot. So I feel I'm getting better each and every day at it. So I have to ask you this. Do you have a preference? Do you like playing inside <laughs> or do you want to be outside? I mean, I don't really care. When you don't you've been, care. When you've been away for the game so long, you just kind of just want to play football, you know, so – it doesn't make a difference. I just want to try to make plays regardless of where I'm at. That's really a good answer by you. <laughs> <laughs> just let, line me up. Yeah. Let me play. As long as I'm getting reps, let me go. Well, if you know, not everyone can play inside. That that whole true. That old slot corner, that's, that's just a special skill set. In fact, um, you know, we were reminded of that by Jonathan Gannon himself, and, and he was asked about Garrett Williams playing inside, and here's what the head coach had to say. You got to be able to think fast, and then you know his skill set, the skill set of a nickel. There's a lot going on. You got to be able to cover. You got to tackle. You got to play zone. You got to blitz a little bit. You're in the box. You're in space. So it's a unique position. It's a starting position to me. Um, one of the most you know important on the defense. He got himself ready to play. Stepped in there and played well. I mean, think about it. You, you could be an outside corner and you're on an island. Mm-hmm. It's just mano a mano you against the receiver. Or you can be an inside slot corner. And to me, at least watching from the sideline, Paulie Pencilneck over here, I'm like, it's just complete chaos because you're in the box. <laughs> yeah. What was? Tell us about that experience, just being inside like that. Uh, it's crazy. It's a lot of people moving around fast, <laughs> especially it's a big difference from college to just the speed of the linemen and tight ends and 
quarterbacks, running backs, everybody. So uh, things are moving fast, but you got to adjust with it, you know. So definitely a big adjustment because when you're at a corner, your vision is just so different than when you're playing this slot. When you're a corner, you can kind of see everything around you. When you're in the slot, you kind of got to search a little bit more, you know, to see the full formation and things like that. What gave you the most anxiety? Now that the game's over, right, you're thinking, okay, it's my first game. We're on the road. It's Seattle. I can't hear. There's Geno Smith, Kenneth Walker. I'm playing a new position. Wait a minute. How's the knee? I mean, what what gave you the most anxiety maybe or trepidation going into the game? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't really nervous going into the game. Um, like I just kept on talking about me preparing uh, – not even just when I got to Arizona, but just from a rehab standpoint, just uh, rehabbing with the thought of when I come back, I want to be able to pick up from where I left off before I got hurt. Um, so when I finally got the opportunity, it was really just an outlet. Okay, we're here now. You know, what are we going to do about it? Um, and so that's just kind of what it was for me and my thought process. You know, I I saw you stick your face into the fan a couple of times, right? <laughs> and, you know, for a nickel corner, that is an important thing. You have to be able to do that. How? What kind of tackler do you consider yourself to be um i feel like i'm just somebody who's not who's not scared you know i feel like that's something i developed a lot um in college and my coach was very big on that in college just if you're gonna play corner for me you have to tackle is that right so um for me especially as a young guy in college like it was okay i gotta tackle i gotta tackle uh so now just being in the league it's kind of the same thought process now especially at nickel uh the defense kind of depends on you kind of being an extra linebacker so I got to be able to make tackles. I got to be able to make tackles in the open space. Mm-hmm. I got to be able to cover. I got to be able to do everything that the defense requires of me. Four years at Syracuse. By the way, your alma mater's on TV down here at <laughs> Trophy and Chandler. Um, we probably shouldn't mention the score right now uh. against Virginia Tech. Is that is that what we're seeing down there? Your eyes are better than mine. Yeah, it's looking a little tough right now. We're going to get together. Yeah. Uh, so in 28 starts, right, I mean, you were three-time All-ACC when he was in college, led the ACC two years in a row and passes defense. Here's what I want to know about. You had a pick six of Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, that was my first first career interception in college. Uh, and it, it was cool because at that time, Clemson was the number one team in the country. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence in college was like oh, yeah. the guy. Um, and I was like 18 or 19 going into it. And so for me, it was just my whole plan when I went to Syracuse was just like if I want to make it to NFL – when we play the Clemsons, the Florida States, those bigger programs, like, I have to play my best games. Um, so that was, like, my first real test, and it kind of just went back to preparing for those type of moments. And so uh, went into the game, and I actually played probably one of the better games of my college career that game, and I think that's kind of what got my name started to flow around um, in the draft buzz and things like that. And so, yeah, it's just it's crazy. <laughs> Garrett, there were scouts that thought some scouts believed you were a first-round pick. Um, do you ever think about that? Do you allow yourself to go back and look at that and and wonder about where you would have been picked? Does do you ever think about that? Um, honestly, I thought about the like pre-draft when they, you know, when everything's circulating around. But ever since I got drafted, I mean, you know, I, I'm good with where I'm at. I kind of feel like thinking about the teams where I thought I was gonna go to. I feel like I ended up in the perfect situation with the right type of coaches that fit not only me just as a player. But as a person, and one thing I've realized from some of my friends and former teammates is that, like, fit is everything in the NFL. Yes. And I feel like I'm at a place where I fit in really well. What, what have you learned from the Buda Bakers and Jalen Thompson so far? I mean, is there just one big takeaway you have? Mindset, and that your mindset's everything. You know, you have to go into practice with the same intensity as you go into games, and you can't just go into games 
just expecting to play good. Like the work has to be put in from Monday leading into Sunday. Uh, so they just keep on preaching the little things about details and things like that. And honestly, I'm really, really grateful to be able to be around guys like that. Well, if everything works out, Cardinals will have a 100% healthy defensive backfield against Baltimore on Sunday. So that is a double ding, no doubt about it. By the way, he did something on Sunday that hasn't been done since a Hall of Famer did it for the Cardinals. A former teammate around Wolfley's will hear that when we come back. A reminder, you can watch Cardinals game plan Friday, 6.30, 12 news, conversations with head coach Jonathan Gannon, Ken Summers, all-starring Ron Wolfley, the TV show Cardinals game plan. Back with more on the Big Red Rage with Garrett Williams right after this. Shotgun snap. Smith moves to his left, rolling that way. Hump fake, now throws. Far side picked off at the one-yard line. It's intercepted by the rookie, Williams, out of Syracuse, his first game after missing the last 12 months due to an injury suffered at Syracuse in the middle of the season. He makes a huge play, picking off Geno Smith in the red zone. How about that? At the one-yard line. It was third and four at the 16. Seattle's driving. Oh, they're threatening. Wait a minute. No, they're not because Garrett Williams picked off Geno Smith right at the goal line. And is he our, he's our very special guest here on the Big Red Rage. Garrett Williams, all presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. And we are live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and Garrett, as you've been able to tell so far. I like to teach the game of football to Ron Wolfley, okay? <laughs> and what I told Wolf after the game was, I was really impressed, not only by the pick, but the fact you played the ball. You turned around, got your eyes, instead of just running with your back to the line of scrimmage mm -hmm. and your back to the quarterback. So just take us through that play. You heard the play-by-play -play there from Dave Pash, another Syracuse guy. But uh, you take us with how that sort of developed to your memory. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, when they lined up in the formation, it was something that we had seen a lot in film going into the week. And actually on the field, I'd made, like, the wrong adjustment call. And then our safety, Dre, he, like, corrected me on the field. And then I just played what I – the technique I'd been taught. And it was just crazy because the same exact play I messed up in practice during the week. <laughs> um, so it was it was kind of cool to kind of, like, fix your mistake in a better – you know, in a better situation. Um, but just trying to play the ball, that's really been my biggest emphasis coming back is just uh, getting the ball, attacking the ball every time and trying to make the play because that's what's going to ultimately help us win games, you know. So every time I see the ball, I'm just going to try to attack it and make the play. Um, and I really credit my college coach for that because I used to be comfortable with, like, pass break because he just kept telling me interceptions, 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 and now that's all I'm about, trying to get the ball. So what coverage were you in, might I ask? Yeah, we were in, like, a form of cover three. Um, okay. Yeah, and I was Which playing, is a zone. Yeah, yeah, we were playing in a zone. And so then I was playing a technique called hang bus. Right, and they attacked the flat and actually ran up on mm -hmm. a wheel route. Yeah. Did you know that? Did you, Was this something that you had scouted all week? Is this what you're talking about? So, yeah, so the, the out route part, yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, the wheel part, you don't, you can't really, you don't know. You just kind of have to feel it because um, it kind of turns into a scramble drill. So after that, you know, receivers kind of start running all over the place. Uh, so when I got out there, I peeked over my shoulder and seen him uh, turn up the field, and so I just kind of started trying to get. So you knew what he was doing. Yeah, like I you knew, knew he was where he was me. going. Yeah, I knew he was behind me, but I also knew that we we're in the red zone, so he didn't really have much else, you know, anywhere else to go. So it kind of made me more comfortable to look at the quarterback a little bit longer and play the ball. It's just great, just a great play by you. Thank you. 
to actually look back and look for the ball. That <laughs> is you. well done, Garrett. I tell you what, though, it's more evidence of the football IQ on this defense, Wolf, is it not? Remember what Kaiser White told us his game-sealing pick at Dak Prescott in the end zone against Dallas? He said he had messed up that same assignment, that same coverage mm-hmm. in practice, but then nailed it in the game. Yeah. So you're seeing this evolution yeah. of the Cardinals' defense. All right, now, you heard the call right there, right? I know you've seen your pick on TV. You've seen the video. Uh, maybe you heard the TV call, but have you heard it in Spanish? Because here is <laughs> Luis Hernandez on Cardinals' Spanish radio. Gino Smith. Saca el pase, la Interceptado, señores! Interceptado! El novato! Garrett Williams les dice presente. Welcome to the NFL, muchacho. <laughs> well, if I joked earlier this week, he, he doesn't call us muchacho, Luis, because that means young man. So uh, he, he reserves that for the rookies like Garrett Williams. So, I love that. Man, that's really good stuff, just the energy on Luis. that. What, you know, I interviewed you after the game, and then we left it. You were going to go to your locker. What was your phone like? Well, how, how much did your phone blow up? Yeah, um, <laughs> it was like freezing and stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, it was it was really cool, you know, because kind of like when I when it happened, I kind of knew I was like, oh yeah, like <laughs> people are gonna be blowing my phone up. But then after the game, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that a lot more people cared about that than I thought, you know. So it, it's always cool to see things like that, you know, to make my friends and family proud back home. So you know how rare that is, right? I mean, you're a rookie and you play your first game. And you come up with a pick. I mean, that is that is a big-time play right there, is it not, Paulie? So the last time that happened, 1991, maybe you've heard of the player who actually <laughs> had a pick in his NFL debut because that's the last time it happened for the Arizona Cardinals. His name, Aeneas Williams. Hello. <laughs> and you'll find the name and his bust in the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame, former teammate of Ron Wolfley. By the way, he had a pick in his second career game as well so 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 not, not no putting, pressure no Gary. pressure on you okay but uh yeah he had a set and by the way he had six his rookie year and route to the hall of fame you know what's amazing about that too Garrett? we've heard whispers about you as well and and honestly from monty austin ford who mm-hmm. drafted you in the third round even though you had a serious acl mm-hmm. there's been an expectation that when this guy gets the opportunity he's going to make plays that's got to feel really really good because I can remember Aeneas Williams when he was a rookie and I'll never forget in training camp we were watching Aeneas Williams and we were watching him in one-on-ones and you could tell immediately this kid is good this kid is going to play and you know what the exact same thing happened to him his first game ever as a corner in the National Football League boom he comes down with a pick man that's got to make you feel good yeah that's crazy (laughs) I don't even, yeah, that's, that's, um, it's crazy to even be mentioning the same conversations as people like that. Um, just really humbling. How did it go mentally for you, M- mental errors in regard to that? Did you commit any mental errors, or did the coach leave you alone on Monday? Oh, like from the game in general? Yes. Oh, no, I made a bunch of mistakes in the game. <laughs> so it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a, it wasn't even like, you know, obviously they were congratulating me on the pick, but they were like, hey, you're aligned wrong. Like, um, and, and that's how I wanted to be, you know, because even personally after the game, like, like it was cool, but I was pissed because I knew, like, you know, I knew that I'd made some mistakes. Yeah. And I also knew that, like, we didn't win. <laughs> so it's like um, as cool as the moment was, you can't you don't really enjoy it as much if your whole team's not winning, which is ultimately 
the goal anyways, you know. So That's one of the reasons why you're going to be good, Garrett, <laughs> because you care, buddy. So we host Coach Gannon's TV show. He doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to let much slide. <laughs> let's, let's put it that way, okay? Now, Wolf mentioned now going into your final year at Syracuse, and it was the first seven games before you got injured. You were thought to be maybe a first-round pick. Now, after the knee injury, there we were last April, how uncertain were you going in as to where you would ultimately be drafted? Um, I mean, I had like I had an idea that a few teams uh, thought really highly of me, Arizona, one of them. But at the end of the day, you really just didn't know because this corner class in this year's draft was very deep. And so I knew how I thought I stacked up just naturally. But I knew with injuries, there's going to be that natural slide. And um, my agent, he, he said, so it lives like the day before draft. And so I'm asking him, like, what are you thinking? So, you know, their job is to be honest. He was like, you know the earliest maybe late second he's like worst case scenario fifth and I like lost my mind <laughs> and um and he was like reassuring me that that wasn't probably the case but he was like I gotta tell you all possibilities so when draft night came um I didn't know I knew I'd probably be second day and so then when a team I thought was gonna pick me didn't pick me I started panicking a little bit you know um and then right as I started panicking that's my phone ring from Arizona, so it all kind of worked out. Well, that is a great segue because guess what? We have audio of the actual call when Garrett Williams got that call from the Cardinals' war room and he was drafted in round three. How you doing, man? Doing good. Uh-huh. Congratulations. Appreciate you, Do you come in here and deny the ball or what? Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, know it, I know it. How you doing? This is Monty Austin Ford from the Cardinals. Yes, sir. What uh, What are you doing? Where are you at? I'm, not, I'm in Charlotte, man. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah? You got some people around you? you hang, who are you hanging out with? Well, I have my family, my friends, all that, man. Yeah, you got your family and your friends? Well, guess what? Hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're about yes, to tell sir. me you're going to be an Arizona Cardinal, buddy. Yes, sir. Let's do it, man. Let's hey. do it, man. Let's hey, go to we, work. We are, we are excited that we're going to get you in here. You remember, yes, that, uh, you remember that meeting we had with you at the Combine? Yes, sir. Man, you're made of the stuff we, that we're looking for, bud. With the 72nd pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Garrett Williams, defensive back, Syracuse. <laughs> What's it like to relive that moment? How emotional was that? You sounded awful emotional on that call. Oh, yeah. No, I was about to cry. And then, like, everybody started yelling, and so I had to, like, tell them to be quiet. Um, but, no, that that, um, that night was probably, not even probably, the best, uh, best moment of my life for sure. Um, just thinking about um, the sacrifices and all the things I did just to even put myself in that position, uh, knowing that it, it wasn't handed to me at all. You know, I had to really go out and uh, make this happen for myself. Um, obviously with the help of a lot of people along the way, but um, definitely a special moment with a lot of friends and family there. Um, yeah, it's a great, great moment for sure. And it's, were- it's really amazing. No, no, it really is. Um, I, I remember the phone call I got. It was from Larry Wilson. Larry Wilson, Hall of Famer, legendary Larry Wilson. He was the general manager at the time for the Arizona Cardinals, and I didn't believe it was him. <laughs> I was like, knock it off. I thought it was one of my friends. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, it got sideways there early. <laughs> that pretty much wraps up my career as well. I probably got sideways early right there, but it is a special moment. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You'll never forget something never. like that, right? Never. 
Wolf, Wolf defied the odds in so many different ways, including dissing the GM right off the bat on the phone. So it really is amazing that Wolf, you know, lasted 10 years and went to four Pro Bowls. It really, it really is amazing. You mentioned Charlotte there. So you grew up in Harrisburg, North Carolina? Yep. A few miles from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Yep. Uh, are you a NASCAR guy? Um. Not really. <laughs> no, 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 not really. I mean, uh, it, it's, it is cool that, like, the area, Harrisburg Concord in general, is very big on it. Uh, so when there are, when the races do come to town, it's, like, a very big thing. Um, and it's a lot of traffic. So for me, who doesn't really go to the races, it kind of messes up my routine. But um, it's, it's really cool, though, uh, to see. What was the sound like? I mean, could you hear it? Yeah. Yeah, you oh, could yeah. tell. Yeah, you hear all the engines, all that type of stuff. It, it's cool. It makes you want to go see what's going on in there, you know. But um, so far, I, one of these days I'm going to go see. One of these days. What was it like to grow up there? What, I mean, what do you remember the most just from the childhood and yeah. growing up? Uh, it was cool. It was fun. You know, I, I feel like I went to like kind of like one of those prototypical like small towns, middle school and high school are right beside each other. Um, you grow up who you play with in middle schools, who you play with in high school. Uh, so football was like a very big thing, especially when my coach Jason Seidel got there. Um, my sophomore year, going to my junior year, football became like a super, super big thing in the town. And I think that's kind of what started. Like I always loved football, but really started to really drive like my real like passion and love for football. Seeing how much football could kind of bring like everybody together, and then think about how my closest friends are people. That were my teammates at one point or another. So uh, it, it was a really good time growing up in Harrisburg. Really good time. What was it like in high school? Was football your only sport that you played? Did you play anything else? Yeah, so I played I played football. Uh, I played basketball. And then I played baseball. And so I I played quarterback, like, when I went to high school. So my first, my freshman, sophomore year, I was a quarterback. And so at the time, I was baseball was, like, my full-time commitment. So, okay. like, during the summer, I'm travel ball. I'm traveling all over the place, and that was really my best sport. What position did you play? Uh, I played center field and then second. Ooh. Yeah, and so um, it was crazy. So I'm playing quarterback at the time, and so I, we had a tournament, and I go to tag somebody out, and I take my glove off, and I broke my thumb. And obviously at quarterback, you know, you, you need your hands. And so we go into spring practice, and I'm trying to play quarterback with a club on my left hand. And I just kept thinking about how frustrated I was, and I think that's when it kind of hit me that I enjoyed football a lot more than baseball, really? seeing how frustrated wow. I was. And so then I made the decision that I wanted to commit my summer and my free time to football. And so uh, when I told my baseball coaches and even my parents, they were pissed. Because <laughs> they, yeah, they love baseball. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just at the time, like, uh, uh, we all thought, like, I was going to go to college for baseball. And so then when I kind of was like, hey, I don't want to play. I want to focus on football. Where at football, like, I was good, but – I wasn't really projecting as like a <laughs> collegiate or professional scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were really confused. And then I just, I remember I literally told him, you just got to trust me. And that I was going to put in the work to make it happen. And wow. Yes. <laughs> and then Syracuse. Yeah. And then Syracuse. By Syracuse. <laughs> yeah. That's Charlotte. It, you know, I don't think of Syracuse coming in and pulling a kid out of Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. Why but, Syracuse? Who else were you recruited by? Yeah, so um, it was it was really between West Virginia, Maryland, Syracuse, and then North Carolina. West Virginia, how did you turn them down? <laughs> then uh, North Carolina, they they made a really really strong push, which was hard for me because I grew up a North Carolina fan. Uh, but my dad, he was very big on. He just kept telling me that Syracuse. He felt like for the plan for me to get NFL, that it would be a good position for me, knowing that I could get in and I could play early, and then 
we had guys already at Syracuse who were making noise as young players. And so um, Andre Sisco, the safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, as soon as I got there, he was like the first guy I really tried to get under his wing. So um, after my retro year, me, Andre Sisco, Afatima Lafano, who's the safety on the Lions, us three, we just worked out. Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> we just worked out all spring. And so then I went in the next year fighting for a starting job. Um, thankfully, I won the job, and then after that, you know, we just kind of went wow, from there. Wow, that is great. That is yeah, it's great. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We, we, we've had a good legacy of Syracuse guys in the Big Red Rage, right? That's Chandler right. Jones, Justin Pugh. That's right. You know, Dave Pash, we heard earlier. We're not counting Craig Grealu, you know, because he's always repping the Cuse. <laughs> you know, it just gets – it's insufferable. You know, he wanted us to come out here and call it the Big Orange Rage tonight, and we're like, absolutely not, Okay. Garrett Williams is our guest. And a reminder, by the way, episode 66 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring ESPN NBA analyst Richard Jefferson, available now via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Uh, so let's see. You potentially could be an emergency quarterback then if you were a high school <laughs> quarterback. Let's uh, let's talk about Kyler Murray when we come back. How curious you might be to see Kyler up front and in person in game action and when that might be it is the big red rage garrett williams presented by santan ford and gilbert we are live from trophy and chandler located on queen creek road between price and dobson shotgun snap to murray steps up and takes off far side of the 20 got room at the 10 cuts right to the five jukes the defender and scores touchdown kyler murray a 22 yard run his second rushing touchdown of the game that defender is in multiple pieces at the five yard line (laughs) as he tried to break down and make that play and kyler broke him down went right through washington secondary like butter in the microwave baby i see an arm a foot a uh, piece of the torso on the ground there, the Washington defender, as he got shook by Kyler Murray. Boy, that was spectacular. Oh, my goodness. It's just it's beautiful. It's unfair. Fashion Wolf calling the 21-yard touchdown run against Washington circa 2020. I remember that season because he set an NFL record nine games. He had a passing and rushing touchdown, yeah, one of each. And that was an NFL record at the time. We could spend the rest of the show here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert live from Trophy and Chandler with Garrett Williams, Cardinals third-round rookie. We could talk about Kyler Murray and all the accolades, rookie of the year, two-time Pro Bowler, the whole deal. Um, but you tell us, what have you seen of him in practice? Obviously, you know, Coach said he's full go. We don't know what exactly he's doing. But just, just when you watch his skill set as a guy who played the position in high school, I mean, you tell us, what's your reaction? Um, Kyler's nice. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it, it's it's actually so crazy. It, even just the NFL part in general, being a, like seeing guys like him and like Zach, guys you watched growing up. Uh, but no, Kyler, he's he's legit. You know, it's um it's, it's special to watch. You know, what I'm saying the arm the arm talent, the mobility, things like that. He's one of one for sure. What about mentally right now, based on what you're seeing? Does it look as if he's picking up the offense and he's out there mastering the offense? Does it look like he knows what he's doing? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, and Kyle is one of those guys who's got, like, he's not okay with not knowing what's going on. You know, he wants to have all the answers and he wants to know what to do. And it's showing in practice. He's, you know, he just started practicing again and he's already out there commanding things, uh, kind of like he didn't even miss a step. So, uh, it's just, again, it's just it's really just special to see uh, just knowing you've been watching him since college. It really 
really watched him since high school yeah. uh, to be his teammate now, especially spending a lot of time with him rehabbing. Um, it, it's really cool. Yeah, he really was a national name in high school. <laughs> yeah, That's how remarkable it is. Well, Keontae Ingram told us last week, his first week of practice, that Kyler got out there and he's audibling. He's checking yeah. in a different place. <laughs> yeah. He's running the twos against the ones, mm-hmm. and he seems to have a real mastery <laughs> yeah. of the offense. In fact, here's your offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, on what he's seen so far. He was awesome. You know, I think his engagement in the meeting room certainly showed up. You saw some strides quickly, like – it was something that didn't take very long. Like, I got it. That's what we talked about in the meeting room. Here it is on the field. I'm going to go out and make sure that I'm focused on it, getting it done. So really encouraged by that. Uh, He was really into it. I think it was exciting and fun for him to be out there. So it was great to see that. I mean, anytime you go through an injury and a rehab like that, your first time back on the field, there's some emotion, some energy, and uh, it was good to see that from him. Keontae also told us as a rookie last year, one of his initial takeaways was just watching Kyler fit the ball in, just zip the ball Mm -hmm. into those tight windows and I mean, you tell us that that's what makes an effective NFL quarterback, 100%, right? 100%. Because in the NFL, look, the separation isn't three yards like mm-hmm. it is in college. Mm-hmm. It's closer to three inches. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a quarterback like that, and I don't know what you've seen so far, but when you have the accuracy and the anticipation, I mean, that's how you win in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're not going to dominate most of these matchups. Right. They're not going to be wide open. Right. So in terms of what Kyler has done out there, and in terms of the knee especially, you tell us what mental hurdle maybe did you have to overcome? Because we don't know where Kyler is mentally necessarily with the mm-hmm. knee. But tell us from your perspective, how big a deal was that for you mentally with your knee? Um, I feel like, I don't know, it's different because me and him are in two completely different cir- situations where me, like I was coming in, I'd never even seen what the NFL looks like. Where him, he's had a lot of success already. Um, but for like him, I kind of just feel like, I mean – He's Kyler. He knows he's good. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's not going to be as big of a hurdle as people would think. Now, obviously, when you get there out there on the field, like, things are going to be moving faster in practice because adrenaline in, in this game speed. But um, if there's a person I feel like who could kind of overcome that easily, it would definitely be him. How about you personally, Garrett? What was it like to have that serious knee injury and then you trying to come back? Was there, was there, was, was there hurdles that you needed to overcome <laughs> mentally when you were trying to get back yeah a hundred percent it this is without the past year without a doubt it's been like the harsh year in my life for sure because um anybody knows me like i football is like really like truly like a passion of mine so not being able to play um was different as my I was like my, that was my first surgery ever so like a lot of different things and then it just gets back to the thing of like when you're on crutches and needing people just to help you get up the stairs yeah. and get in your car and carries like so many little things like that you take for granted like there's a thing i'll never forget it was like right after i had gotten uh hurt so i'm still at syracuse maybe two days after the injury and my mom's in my apartment and i um was trying to shower and i slipped and i fell oh and my mom had to pick me up off the ground oh my god and i was like butt naked <laughs> and so <laughs> imagine i'm 21 years old <laughs> Thinking I'm growing, and my mom has to pick me up. You know what I'm saying? Like awkward. It, well, it is. Yeah, mom, it's like th- I mean, things yeah. like that. Like yeah. it kind of puts it in perspective, and it just makes you more grateful just to even like be able to be out there and not even just play football, just to walk again. You know what I'm saying? Run around and just not feel your knee hurting every second. Like it's it's a lot of different things you got to overcome that you don't even think of. And um, it, it when I got to Arizona, things got a little bit easier because I had guys like Kyler and Zach who are dealing with the exact same thing. So we could kind of talk about those different things we're struggling with, and it kind of like helped each of us 
kind of get going. So, like, for me personally, seeing Zach get out there uh, week one and uh, do his thing, it, it gave me a lot of confidence seeing him go out there taking hits, running around, making plays. Um, so I'm really, really grateful that I'll, I'm able to be around those type of guys. Was there an adjustment period for you in regard to being in between the white lines and knowing that your knee was going to be okay? Did you think about it when you were out on the field trying to come back? Um, I thought about it. I thought about it a lot before I got activated. So like when I was out there with the trainers running around, you know, it was very like, you know, sometimes I'd be very like hesitant and things like that, but uh once i got cleared and i was out there with the guys um honestly it, it's you know there's not much thinking about that you know i'll just be locked in and it's so, corner such a physical yeah. position mm. yeah in but, regard to your well, knee the, the change of direction oh. yeah, yeah i mean i i don't know how it could be any more demanding on that body part oh it is yeah oh and, and don't get it twisted like it's you know i still have to do stuff for my knee daily like this is a never never for me like the rest of my career i'm gonna be very big on that type of stuff um, but you still deal with those knee soreness, knee pain, like things like that. But uh, we have a really good staff, uh, like sports performance staff, surrounded, uh, surrounding me and all the guys. And they make me feel really comfortable. So when I did get out there, I didn't really have to second guess anything because they made sure I knew that I was ready. Zach Ertz, Garrett Williams. So Kyla Murray is next. TikTok. Wolf, what are you reporting? What are you tweeting out there? Nothing. Your sources. <laughs> Nothing, Paul. When's he coming back? You know me. I don't break any <laughs> stories, Paul. I'm kind of like you. Single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. All right. We'll talk about the Ravens. Oh, just the 2019 MVP, Lamar Jackson, next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Lamar under center, fourth down and one at the Lions seven. Pat Ricard goes in motion. Jackson play fake. He'll keep it. Runs to the left side. He's to the five. He walks in. Touchdown, Ravens. Now that is creativity from this offense. Showing them one thing, which they've done over and over and over, and then booting it off a naked boot out of that with Lamar. Outstanding play. Yeah, no doubt. That's Jerry Sandusky, Rod Woodson on Ravens Radio. So let's see here, Ron Wolfley. Baltimore scored a touchdown in its first four possessions at home against Detroit in their last outing. Uh, it was 28 nothing before the Lions had a first down. Wow. Is that good? That's, That's really good, Paulie. Pretty darn good. Big Red Rage, Garrett Williams is our guest. The round three rookie, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are live from Trophy and Chandler, located on Queen Creek Road between Price and Dobson. You know who else is pretty, pretty good? Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, Garrett. Uh, you're probably aware he's top three in passer rating, completion percentage, passing yards, and oh, by the way, he's 18th in the NFL in rushing. That's including all the running backs. So uh, you tell us, what, what jumps off the film when it comes to number eight? Uh, he's special. You know, he can he can kill you in every single way you can think of, and he's playing comfortable. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for any football player. He looks comfortable out there. Then you add his amazing skill set on top of it, uh, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. You know, they're doing a good job of um, putting the right plays and right people around for him to succeed, and he's, he's making it happen. You know, it's amazing about watching them. Once again, uh, under John Harbaugh, the one thing you know you're going to get with the Baltimore Ravens is a very physical mm -hmm. football team, offensively, defensively, and in transition. Watching them offensively first and 10 they're in two back 50 percent of the time mm -hmm. i mean it's it's like a 50 50 split 
They're in one-back and two-back sets right there, and they run it all. They go 11 personnel, mm. one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, all the way to 20 personnel where you've got two backs and you've, you've got – no tight ends. I mean, it's really interesting to see what they're doing, and yet at the same time, all they do is attack the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. over and over and over again. The Baltimore Ravens, a very physical football team. That shows up on tape, doesn't it, Gary? Yeah, 100%. You know, they're very big offensive line, um, and they, they play, like you said, they play a physical brand of football, and so uh, for us on defense and even the offenses too, you got to just understand going into that game that, um, you got to master energy. They're mm-hmm. going to come in and think they can bully you, and that's just how they that's just how they go into games. And so you got to throw your punches too, and let them know that you're here to stay. First thing Jonathan Gannon said is he thinks they have an underrated offensive line. That was his big takeaway when he looks at that team. Obviously, Lamar Jackson gets a lot of publicity, deservedly so. In fact, uh, we asked Zayvon Collins earlier this week just about the task of going against the 2019 MVP. Lamar is a pretty special dude. He can obviously cause a lot of issues in the past game with just his feet and then obviously his talented arm. Um, so, yeah, it's something you watch teams try and do every week, shut him down, you know. So it's definitely a tall task to do. Running ability, right? Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, there are two quarterbacks who can kill you from the pocket but can also run a 4-3. <laughs> Lamar Jackson and Kyla Murray. And, and Zay Flowers was telling – some of the media this week, that's the rookie receiver for Baltimore that just the running ability, the escapability, you know, his his ability to extend the play, it makes DBs cover you twice. Yeah. Was it, So yeah. explain that because you've gone against Safe Flowers before mm-hmm. and now you go against Lamar. What does he mean by that, cover you twice? Yeah, so there's, there's the initial part when the play happens that they have their regular routes, you try to guard it, and then when your quarterback breaks the pocket, uh, it's called scramble drill. And so with scramble drill, the receivers, they basically make up and run – their own routes and so not every team is great at scramble drills because it really depends on the mobility and accuracy of your quarterback outside of the pocket and so when you have guys like Lamar and Kyler guys like that who can keep plays alive and still be accurate outside of the pocket receivers feel way more comfortable running farther down the field and doing it whatever they want because they know the ball still has a chance to get to them so it definitely um, has been an emphasis for us this week in practices of staying on your guy you know um don't get comfortable even when the play is you think is dead because with the guy Lamar it's more than likely probably not done when you think it is you know and then you go ahead and you flip it over and look at their defense as well once again this is a very physical Mm -hmm. defense right here it's amazing because they're number two in the national football league in the red zone red Mm -hmm. zone defense that is really really big Mm -hmm. they're number one in goal to go defense number one and because of that the harder the closer you get to the the end zone the harder it becomes to score against these guys Mm -hmm. it's truly incredible to watch it on tape they're the number one scoring defense in the national football league 13.9 points per game wow the baltimore ravens defensively and you know what it really is it's not even the rush defense as much as it is their pass defense Mm -hmm. They're the number one defensive quarterback rating defense in the National Football League. Wow. Number one, opposing quarterbacks have an average of 70.8 quarterback rating against them. 70.8. Just abandon all hope, ye who enter here. That's what it is. That's what this offense, our offense, is going to be up against. Mm -hmm. 
But, but think about how it is week to week, right? Like the week before, Cleveland went out and they jack-stomped the Niners, and they had the number one defense in the NFL. And <laughs> Any then, week. And then the Colts just put 38 on them. <laughs> Any week, Paulie. It, it's amazing yeah. how week to week, Garrett. I, I don't, you know, obviously you're figuring this all out in your rookie year, but uh, I'm guessing a lot of guys are telling you, you know, you know I mean, this, is, this isn't college. This no. isn't Notre Dame against some Division three school. Mm. I mean, you know – Cardinals went out and beat Dallas when they were supposedly a number one team in the power pole. Mm-hmm. So what has the mindset been like in practice this week? Um, it, 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 pro- it really just stays consistent. It, it's not really as much about who we're playing. Like Now, obviously, like there's like the game plan and things like that. But I feel like for us, and really I feel like a lot of teams, it's really more about your own team and just improving your team within your locker room and getting better in practice and focusing on the details of controlling what you can control. You know, if you prepare – how you're supposed to go in, going into games, you're going to probably play better in the games regardless of who you're playing against, you know. So as long as you're taking care of yourself and the team is making sure that we're all helping each other get better, uh, that's that's really just the main thing. And this will be your third matchup against Zay Flowers because you went against him at BC? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That'll be interesting. Right now he's number two among rookie receivers. Zay Flowers, 39 grabs, 442 yards. So uh, round He's the best one. receiver right mm-hmm. now if you ask me. Yeah, wow. he is. Hey, how about it, everyone, for Garrett Williams, huh? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I'm like, could he deliver beyond the interception against Seattle? And yes, he did tonight. Absolutely. Well done, Garrett. He did really well done. Special thanks, as always, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, Lauren Coble, Walt Ellis, Lawrence Ellis, Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. Garrett Williams, our very special guest on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, live from Trophy and Chandler. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.